0: You're listening to the Beyond Sundays podcast. Each week, we talk to people just like you who share stories of God's faithfulness. Last week, we started a four-part series centered around the idea of work in faith. If you missed last week's episode with Melinda Beard, owner of Salt and Light Pottery, you have to go back and listen to it. She shared with us the work that God has called her to as she connects with her creator through pottery. Talk about the imagery of the potter and us as the clay, yielding to the potter's hands. Y'all, you can't make this stuff up. Our conversation was absolutely stunning. It's a beautiful story of God's faithfulness to her as she testifies that there is always purpose in the process. Okay, you're in for a treat today as we sit down with Stephanie Trowbridge to talk about work within the family. If you're a parent, grandparent, or want to become a parent someday, this conversation is for you. We talk about parenting as one of our most unique callings. People often say, well, as far as priorities go, it's God first, family second, work third. But scripture never ranks callings in order of importance. It's God first, always, and everything else is secondary. What we do every day, disciplining our children, wiping noses, breaking up sibling squabbles, driving preteens to sporting events, cleaning up after yet another meal, all of this is kingdom work. Because we are raising up the next generation of Christians who will then raise up the next generation of Christians. Parenthood is God-honoring, holy work. Therefore, whether you work inside or outside of the home, full-time, part-time, or really however you divide your time, the work you do inside the home is as important as the work you do outside of it. The unseen work of parenting is seen by God and dignified and thus deserves great intentionality and devotion. We're going to talk about that today. If you're feeling unseen, not appreciated, tired, or empty, I pray this conversation blesses you parents today. So let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast today. I'm so honored that you have tuned in and joined us for today's conversation with my dear friend, Stephanie Trowbridge. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. How are you this morning? Well, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad you're here. Yes, me too. Thanks for having me. Well, Stephanie, before we dive into today's topic, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about you, your family, what you do, stuff at Beltway, how you are involved at Beltway Park, and how long you've been here.
1: So I am married to the love of my life, Ryan Trowbridge. Um, (laughs) We have two little girls, eight and 10. Kylie is 10 and Lindy is 8. Um. Been at Beltway, actually did membership in 2005, really got plugged in in about 2015, so it only took us about 10 years. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so
1: um, I've probably served almost everywhere. Um, we do. I help with children's ministry now, help with women's ministry, um, boots on the ground. Um, youth, we've done youth, youth. Um, Pretty much everything. Yeah. <laughs> I have been involved
0: in a lot of things.
1: <laughs> so, so It's just been great. In groups, we love it. Um, leading life groups and everything along the way that the Lord has taken us on.
0: Yeah. Well, you are a close friend of mine, and I'm so thankful that you said yes to have to coming on in and having a conversation with us today. Because as you know, we're going and diving into like a work series, talking about work and faith and how those things kind of coincide. Um, and you're a mom. I'm a mom. We have lots of parents who listen in, lots of mamas, lots of daddies, Um, but we all at some point work, right? Whether it is for profit or not for profit, work is inherently good. God created work and it is good. Um, And in that, there is work in the family, right? There is us raising a family who... You know, children who are going to follow in the ways of the Lord. Hopefully, as we train them and equip them for the many good things that God has for them. Uh, and I've heard it said in the past. You know, I, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I sure have heard this: is that you know, it's always as far as priorities, it's always God first, family second, and work third. That that that's the the list, and that is sort of true, but also the rankings of our callings, like one calling isn't necessarily as important or more important than another. They're all important. If God is calling you to be a mother or a father, that's important. If God has called you to be a CEO, that's important, right? Mm-hmm. And so I I wanted us to talk about that family piece um, and what it looks like to, you know, in every day be about his kingdom in our family. It is work. It's not something that just happens. Our children don't just love God. We train them and teach them and equip them. We can't just have an amazing relationship with our spouse. That takes work. Marriage is work, right? Right. And work is not bad. It's it's good for us to work. How do you see motherhood as God-honoring work, as holy work? I'm honored that you
1: even said any of that, because I feel the same reciprocation with you, so thank you. <laughs> as much as you're receiving, I'm receiving. Um, as far as motherhood being God-honoring holy work, I didn't start even, like I said, the faith of a mustard seed, because I'm thankful for all the mentors and all the— sponging up from anything that I could because it wasn't modeled for me. And so realizing either mantles that were picked up or resources or people in my life along the way um, and just wanting something different and knowing that there were more for generations to come. So seeking that from the Lord, I think also understanding freedom. Mm-hmm. And I didn't prior to having kids, but I think growing up, I w- just striving to be good enough. Yeah. Um, And so just wanted to be good enough in school and a good enough student. And then in marriage, good enough mom, good enough—I'm sorry, good good enough wife, a good enough Christian, a good—just always doing to be good enough. And then motherhood came, and there was no just striving. When you're young, you can kind of get away with that, is just striving to be good enough and fixing the things that need to be fixed in our own strength and realizing, wow, the gospel— I saw even more of a need for the gospel yeah. in motherhood. Mm-hmm. And so seeing that as God-honoring and holy work to start working in me individually and personally than then in even trying to do that for my children, but the Lord starting that in me. Um, so I just think every piece of what we do as a mom, as a wife in our home, like you're saying, whether that's in the home or whether that's outside of the home, Is always a teachable moment. And so being intentional with that has been because even as they're growing and wanting to, you know, read scripture and sing songs and putting on praise music and just looking back at the different seasons, you know, of the toddler years. And that was different. And so now even as they're older, I think I just have these great ideas of like, oh, we were gonna have these little devotions and we sit down to do it, and it's it's chaos. <laughs> and so I'm like, Lord, what's? And so just realizing it's not perfect, yeah, and it's not anything you can just put into a box. But realizing you live with every teachable moment, yeah. And so learning that even through motherhood and COVID, when we well, we went we were a little private school and went to homeschool, and understanding that looked different every day. I think you know somebody had asked. What were my days like? I'm like, it's different every day, and it's different to be able to model what that looks like mm-hmm. in your home, and it's different outside of the home. I praying for a lady at a restaurant, and my kids were talking fearlessness and boldness that week, and I get to walk out, yeah. fearlessness and boldness, and yeah. I really, you know, it's like I could could have just put my blinders on and walked off, and yeah, Holy Spirit's conviction I'm so thankful for, because it was just a simple prayer, and this woman just shared... She just had a miscarriage, and my kids are watching yeah. and seeing it, and it's like, Lord, thank you that we get to right. have this work. And so it looks different every day. But oh, yeah.
0: And it's it's every day leaning on the Holy Spirit
1: mm-hmm.
0: and listening and just quieting the rush of—I mean, we, we have busy schedules. Everybody does. We're always going from one thing to the next, but we're also breathing and as we're breathing and living and driving and being the carpool mom or whatever we can stop and ask okay lord have i missed a moment or can can you show me a moment highlight a moment today that i can be intentional with my kids you know because it's it's what we do every day it's disciplining our children it's wiping noses if you're in that stage it's breaking up sibling squabbles, it's cleaning up after another meal because those kids have to eat all the time, right? It's Mm -hmm. All of it is God-honoring holy kingdom work because it's about people, and people are God's treasure. And children, God loves children. God loves the family. He started with a family. He's going to end all things with a family, right? He wants a family. He is a triune God. And within that exists perfect love, perfect love. We are not perfect. (laughs) I don't know about you, but our household is not perfect, nor do I want it to be, because perfection is not the goal. God is the goal. And I want my children to know He is the one and only. He is what, I mean, it is, if we're talking about priorities, like what I mentioned earlier, it is God first and everything else after that. And however God is going to organize that in your life, it's going to look different than mine, because what God requires from each of us is same but different, right? It's same but different, and so what we're talking about today with with family and children, and not being discouraged about you know having to unload <laughs> the dishwasher yet again, you know, and, and the little mm-hmm. things like that. Looking for the moments that we can put. I, I hear I've heard a teacher use this analogy before, but. If you imagine like a bucket, a pail, and every time that you have this moment where it's a Holy Spirit moment where you can teach, you can equip, you can be vulnerable as a parent and even teach through your own mistakes with your kids instead of hiding that you did something you know that you mm-hmm. shouldn't have done or you responded in anger or whatever that looks like, but just being vulnerable with your kids and bringing them in, you know, it's like a drop in the in that bucket. Every time you have that little encounter, it's a drop in that bucket. It's it's small things. It's it sometimes it's big stuff, but oftentimes it's the small things because they're watching. They are watching us. They are seeing how we respond to our spouse when we're stressed. <laughs> they yes. are watching how we navigate anxiety, how we navigate grief. You know, no one is immune to a phone call in the middle of the night that results in a tragedy. No one is immune to the unknown becoming your reality that day. But our children are watching how we handle those situations and who do we run to? What do we run to when we need comfort, when we need strength, you know, and it is so important not to downgrade the role of a mother, a father figure, whether it is biological or not. It is so key that, that we don't downgrade that work. It is vital. So if you're out there and you're a stay-at-home mom, <laughs> I want you to hear your work is so important, what you're doing every day in and out all day long is so important. You may not get paid for what you're doing. <laughs> Work. But you, I can tell, will have an eternal reward. Yeah. How have you been intentional with your family? <clears throat> I think there's a ton. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I think in every, like we just said, in everyday moments. Um, one thing you mentioned, and I, and I heard it from you, was that anything that is not Rest is work. Mm -hmm. And so in all that we do, one, to teach our kids, it doesn't matter what we're doing. We work as unto the Lord That's and not to man, Mm -hmm. not for man, um, with all of our excellence and all of our heart. And so in everything that we're—there's just one thing. um, I want to say words of affirmation and the power of our words uh, was one thing I wish I knew before I had kids. (laughs) Oh, I forgot
0: to ask you that question.
1: (laughs) Well, and it just all plays together because— the power of prayer, uh-huh. the power of our words, um, the identity piece. I wish I knew, I guess, freedom and identity before having kids in the Lord. And so I'm so thankful to have grown in those things, even with them, yeah, um, even, as, even still on this journey as a mom. But I guess some of the things that we do, um, I think Ephesians 2.10 says, We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance— and that we should walk in them. So God prepared them in advance. And then two verses before that, it says that by grace, you've been saved through faith. And this is not from ourselves, but a gift from God. And so realizing that, our children have been deposited with gifts Mm -hmm. and understanding even within our own. But we get to help cultivate that in them. And so creating an environment that they're able to thrive in that and grow in that, and then they're able to see the fruit from years down the road after cultivation, um, and it's simple things. Give me some
0: examples of how Um, you're doing that with your kiddos. (laughs) So
1: something like learning Kylie, she loves to serve. Um, She loves to be hands-on, and how can I help? What can I do? She loves to teach. Any any teachable moment for her, which is what I'm saying is using a teachable moment. Um, So she's already—she's fourth grade. She's already serving in our children's ministry. She goes down and helps with the twos and threes, and that's inside the church. but. So much more outside the church we do we help with boots on the ground and beds for kids um and so i think when they were younger it was hard to take them with us doing outreaches and working with youth and um, certain area in town and i realized that i wanted to be a kingdom family mm-hmm. and what did that look like to be a unit together not just women's ministry or men's ministry or um, couples or what does that look like to do it as a family mm-hmm. um And how do I walk that out every single day? And so, uh, baking cookies for someone and they, they love to bake and take them to elderly people. Or every day, it's mom. Where are we going? Who are we going to see? And so, just their love for people already, or hospitality in our home, which has been modeled. Some of our highest gifts are hospitality and giving, and originally learning about our gifts. It was like, oh, great. No, that's just what I. That's what I already do. Right. And realizing. God showing us, no, that's who I made you to be. And so mm-hmm. you're doing it now for His glory mm-hmm. than even what you just thought, that's just who I am. Um, and so real teaching them that, and so they're always wanting people in our home. They know that they're welcome and that hospitality is not only in your home, but it's wherever you go. Mm-hmm. You carry the hospitality for someone to feel welcome. And so putting that in their hearts already, they can go up and have conversations with people mm-hmm. that they don't know and just start to share Truth. So you see later on the fruit of now what has been shared with them. We go into our we have rent houses. They come to help us if we're working on something. And I've I used to not understand how that would help um, in ministry. I was doing ministry in this organized formation, probably. But then in my in these homes, I was just going in and doing my work, and compartmentalizing that. But at the yeah. same time, God showed me this is your family. This yeah. is your mission. This is your work. And so I've placed you in this garden. On this assignment, on this calling as a mama, as a wife, as a landlord, as a. And so they're with us helping serve and then seeing these kids playing in the backyard. So they'll go start playing and overhearing a conversation about the little girl not knowing about God or Jesus. And mm-hmm. my youngest is sharing the gospel with yeah. her and showing her, no, that's not the way. Like, you have to understand, like, you just love Jesus with your whole heart. You give Him your whole heart. You put your trust in your faith. And so just the little moments of that's big, like they're sharing truth with other children. Um, and so just little things, I guess, as I see just their giftings or their wants and needs and desires of their heart, um, we could just be like, oh, yeah, that's great, or that's good for you. But really, they're little, and they have to have help to cultivate that now to turn into something later. And so. so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just
0: little things. <laughs> something that you and I have talked about a lot is yeah. our is training our children to be includers mm-hmm. because if there is if there is something that truly, I mean, looking up a, a level higher kingdom, trying to have kingdom vision for the generation that we're raising, it they can tend to feel lonely. Yeah. They can tend to feel like an outsider. They can, I mean, the enemy is just... He, there's this lie out there that you're all alone, you know, that, that you know, the social media and technology and all that stuff tries to make everyone feel so connected and, and the generation feels less connected than ever. And families are being torn apart yeah. all the time. And our, our, my kids have friends who who don't know their dad or whose parents are divorced or there's death in the family or there are, you know, just foster situations, all kinds of situations. And something you and I have talked about often is training our children to, to see the one, to see the outsider, and to make sure that they know that they're included. And that to me is such a model of what Jesus did. Jesus was always watching, always looking out for the outsider and drawing them in and making them feel seen, known, loved. And I think that is such a beautiful thing to teach our children when it comes to seeing people, loving people, loving God and then loving people, right? Mm. And training them to see others, not just themselves, cuz I mean, our children don't need help being selfish. Yeah. <laughs> we have to train that, train that out of them. But reminding them no you are an includer that is who you are that's what we do in our home is we speak who they are to them yeah. you know you are not the mistakes you've made and i think that so often the work in parenting is speaking into those places constantly right with our children and mm-hmm. just leaning into holy spirit to say what does my child need right right this moment you know cuz sometimes i just want to I just want to answer. You know, I just want to give the the child the yep. you know the thing that I want to say. But more often than not if I will go to the Holy Spirit first and ask him, Lord, what does my child's heart need right now? You know my child's heart better than I do. So, Lord, teach me what show me, reveal to me what I need to say in this moment or if I need to back down, give you space, Holy Spirit, to speak to my child. Because we're getting to a point now where we have I have a middle schooler. I want my child to hear from the Holy Spirit. And something you mentioned earlier about the Holy Spirit, why don't you go into that here in just a moment about the Holy Spirit living inside of our children and giving the Holy Spirit space to work in our children's lives. What does that role look like as a parent? I
1: think I've had to learn along the way. I think I love that you talked about the transparency and vulnerability of we have the blessing and opportunity and honor, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it, um, of doing that ourselves and showing them, Mm -hmm. hey, I get it. Because that's the same for me is that even Christ, like while we were in this, Mm -hmm. even in in this mess up or what we did, we get the opportunity to apologize. We get the opportunity to say, hey, I messed up. (laughs) Um, and so really just seeking the Holy Spirit and even in a teachable this week, we've had a situation, of course we did, because I'm going to speak on it. Mm -hmm. So we've had a situation where, you know, I have to, we have to go and say, Hey, look, I'm so glad, like, I'm so glad that you get to make this mistake because we get to ask Holy Spirit to come in. You have the same Holy Spirit living in you as I have in me. Um, And we get the opportunity to lean into Jesus more. It just shares, shows so much that we need Him. Mm -hmm. Our need for a Savior is that we can't do it on our own. And so we have the blessing of the Holy Spirit living and dwelling within us to say, I need you. I need your help. (laughs) You're the helper is the promise. That's right. And so I'm so thankful that just sharing that truth with them, and even sometimes when they're like, but mom, I can't hear Him, or I don't, it's like... But you can. I know you may not hear an audible voice, but you may feel, you may see, you may—I you, know dreams and visions. And just really seeking that and pressing that in, um, we get the opportunity to to have that helper and advocate and counselor um, with us. And so we can ask, like, ask God for the words to speak when we need to speak. Them. And if we don't know, we wait. yeah sit in it longer and wait? Uh, and does it line up with truth afterwards? And so sometimes even them coming to me, I think I think talking about wanting to be good enough, I wanted to be a good enough mom. I want to be the perfect mom. So I wanted to point them to what the perfect mom would look like, not in an unintentional—it was unintentionally doing that, but at the realizing the need of, we don't have to be the perfect parents because Jesus was already perfect, so we can lean into Him. And we get to point them to the perfect Savior because we're looking to Him. And so when our eyes are fixed on Him and we're needing Him, they get to see, hey, I get it wrong too. We're doing this together. And so all we can do is fix our eyes on Him, ask the Holy Spirit for the grace to walk through it, and we get the opportunity to do that together.
0: That's awesome. So I'm assuming that that's how you all walk out when there is discipline, when discipline needs to happen or instruction, that that's the approach that you take as well.
1: I think one thing that one of the books I was going to talk about was culture of honor and uh, loving your kids on purpose. And they talk a lot about honor. And so rather than fear and punishment, it's a culture of honor. And so really with my kids in the beginning, it was when they would do something wrong, they would, you know, out of fear, oh no, and, you know, I'm so sorry, and so I would be quick to say, "Well, what are you sorry for?" Uh, sorry, I got in trouble, and so <laughs> they they couldn't say what they were sorry for, and so we really started talking about honor and respect, then obedience. It's because yes, I want you to obey, but I don't want you to obey me out of fear of punishment, and so there are consequences, but we have the choice to honor our father and mother. Or whatever authority I've placed over you. Um, And when you read the word, what does it say? If you love me, you will obey my commands. So because of honor and love, we obey and submit out of the love and overflow of that. So I've been quick to just talk about honor. Hey, are we honoring? Or honoring words, honoring actions. And so really trying to say, Holy Spirit, help me honor them as much as they're— I want to give them the same honor and respect that they're giving us. And so the reciprocation of that, which some people would think, well, you're the parent. But at the same time, realizing— I don't even know where I heard it, but realizing our children, raising our children in our home, they are our neighbors. And so when you see your children as your neighbors— it releases the weight off of you to try to to fix them or to mold them or shape them, which is what I was trying to do. And we're called in your to own Stewart. strength, yes. yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we're not—they're they, going to have a choice of free will. And so, at the same time, we get the opportunity to be released from that and love them like we would love our neighbors, because they're our closest neighbors, yeah. living
0: in our home, living in our home, <laughs> living in our
1: home. And you know, so just all the different resources of understanding. The word understanding. We have Holy Spirit to walk through it. Um, one thing I've heard is training your children. You know, at a young age, you're training them from zero to thirteen, and then from thirteen to eighteen, you're teaching them because you've already trained them. Now you're going to teach them, and then you're trusting after adolescence that they're an adult now and they get to become your brother or sister in Christ. Yes, you raise them. But at the same time, now they're an adult that you have trained, you have taught, and now you're trusting the Lord because they're His before they're yours. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what a an what a awesome way to look at that. It's like, now they're going to be my sisters in Christ. Yeah. And they already are, but now they're like adults. And yeah. so you've already done the training and teaching, and now you're trusting the Lord to take them. He loves them far more than we could
0: ever even love them. That's so, right what encouragement would you give a mother or a father who is discouraged right now in parenting, the work of parenting and raising kids? Maybe they feel unseen or not appreciated. Maybe they're tired or empty or they have a difficult child that they're raising. Maybe they are more in the role of caretaker because of um, a disability that the child may have. Um, But what encouragement would you give to the parent who? wants what they do it day in and day out to matter for eternity when it comes to the kids in their home? I think first, going to like Matthew 6, 1, be
1: careful careful not to practice our righteous deeds in front of others. Um, And I think that the reward does not go unseen. We have a reward in in heaven from our Father. And so to know, and just not knowing what your left hand is You're not letting your right hand know what your left hand is doing. We may look at that sometimes as giving, but I think at that time, it's time and resources. And so knowing you're not unseen, like he sees every detail. He sees every dish that's being washed, and you think yet again, because it's never going to end. The dishes are endless. The laundry's endless. Um, And I think just it goes back to that work. It may seem mundane, uh, redundant. It's like... I want a new garden to work in, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I want I a new—and you can remember each season as they're little and they're not talking yet. Um, I had a mom this week ask, how do I go from ministry? You know, she's been full-time ministry, and then now she's home with a six-week-old, and she feels like she's not doing anything. And I'm like, okay, you are doing far more— than you can ever imagine. She's like, well, I get it when they're older and they can, they can talk and you can teach them. I'm like, no, it's now. It's praying and declaring over them. It's I wish I would have known all of that in the beginning. It's it's getting that now and not wasting that time. Um and I think sometimes parenting is is enjoyable and mm-hmm. sometimes it's enduring. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think just really the perseverance in that patience is patience produces perseverance and perseverance character. And I think the refining that the Lord is doing in your in your own work that you're not even seeing, you may see the fruit of later. Yeah. Um, so you have your rewards in heaven and you are center stage for the Lord, not backstage behind the scenes doing all the unseen things. And so um, just to really not waste this time and moments and I think for the The hard parts and enduring through is what a blessing and honor it is. It's hard to see our burdens as blessings, but at the same time, we get the opportunity to choose the joy in that um, and letting the joy of the Lord be our strength. And so it is nothing in our own strength that we can do, but with Him, we can do all things. And so I think that in the spiritual level, but on a practical level— being careful to take care of yourself because they need the best version of you. Um, So that may be resting. And resting may not be being still, but resting, whatever that looks like for you.
0: Um, I've heard often that if you work with your mind, rest with your hands. If you work with your hands, rest with your mind. Yes. And so maybe somebody needs to hear that, but find a way that you can be at rest and truly receive rest weekly. We need it weekly, obviously, yeah. for Sabbath. But finding out the way that you need to carve that time out is key when you're constantly giving. And that is what we do as parents. We give and give and give as mothers and fathers. And so that's so, so important is to be rested.
1: Yeah. And to be poured out like a drink offering. Mm-hmm. What an honor. hmm it doesn't feel like it when you're exhausted, but really just asking the Lord for a supernatural strength and energy
0: for. Yeah, I've had to do that recently. Actually, like yesterday. <laughs> too. Me too. <laughs> I was I was pretty much done yesterday. I had had a long week, and I don't get that way very often. But when I do, it's like I know I need to go to bed early. I need to drink drink more water, you know, trying to do the things to pay attention to my body because our body is what's giving us those those signals those yellow flags those red flags that hey 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 don't forget about me your body's important yeah just as your mind is important just as your heart is important your in your soul your spirit is important your body is important it's the thing that's carrying you on this earth Mm -hmm. and allowing you to do all the things and so taking care of it is so important and so last night i had to to after picking up kids and bringing them home and do, you know, getting, doing church and coming back home from church and everything. So it was a Wednesday night. I just told my kids, I was like, I just need you to know that I'm very tired. And I don't say that often, but I'm very tired. Mama has pretty much not, not a lot left. I've carried a lot of heavy things this week. And I just need you to know that's where I'm at. And do you know what my children did after that? They gave me a huge hug. Mm-hmm they just embraced me with such loving kindness and understanding and they got it they didn't they didn't need to ask a thousand questions like well what's wrong you know yeah. what's going on they just looked at me with just the the tenderness that that children carry and they just were like we get it it's okay we love you and you know they were just that's what i needed in that moment was for my children to see For me to be vulnerable and honest with where I was, what my body was telling me, what my spirit was telling me, to be honest with my kids so that they knew that I wasn't mad at them. I wasn't upset with them. I didn't not want to be like around them, you know, Mm -hmm. and I didn't not want to stay up late or whatever with them. I just was like, this is where I'm at. And there was a level of understanding there. And I was so appreciative of that moment with my kids because, man, kids are more intuitive than we give them credit
1: and you are able to model that.
0: Mm-hmm. And there
1: that's what that's a big thing too for us is expressing emotion because if they don't know how to articulate what they're feeling, they're not what I don't know who said you can't defeat what you can't define. Yeah. And so yeah. even just asking, "Hey, well, what are you feeling?" "I don't know." Yeah. And so really being able to express that you modeled for them where they're going to be able to express that to you or to someone else later and even that piece of like filling up your love tank yeah. <laughs> right after. So yeah. understanding
0: that when they're little, they're learning yeah, to articulate feelings and moving through that emotion. It's very valid. Something that you mentioned earlier that I'm going to start thinking a lot more heavily about is that piece of calling out and recognizing what we see that God has placed in our children mm-hmm. and going, okay, Lord, sh- give me your eyes for that. Give me your eyes for this hospitality piece. Give me your – my daughter is – a number two on the Enneagram. She is a helper, 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 queen helper. Okay, Lord, what are your eyes for that? Because that gift can be abused. Yep. Help me see how I can raise my child who is always wants to help. Help me see that gift through your eyes for this child. Because yeah. it may look different than the way it looks in someone else's kid. Right? Yeah. They're all so unique. Yep. They're perfectly and wonderfully made. Yes. And I think like you said in the, in
1: the... In the strength of things that could be, we only have two kingdoms, yeah. for darkness or for light. And so teaching them that too, this is a strength, but it can be a weakness. Right. So being careful to, is it drawing closer to the light or further away from?
0: Mm-hmm. So good. Well, how are you, what are you hoping and praying for your children right now? Are there things that you specifically are praying? I think specifically
1: over them right now is just to setting set their affections on the Lord, all their devotion, all their affection. Because I think, as we said, we want to shape and mold them. And I want them to love them and love Jesus, follow Jesus. And we can't do that for them. Our faith is not their faith. So really just having them own their own faith and not behavior modification in our sin, like when
0: in the sin, fixing it. Okay. I'm going to do this better. How can we do this better? That, our... That's important because you're asking them the question. Right. I think that's a key thing to be able to, de- to just navigate right now in the conversation is, is how you're doing that. How are you giving Holy Spirit space in the everyday moments? Like you're asking the question to your kids, right? Because yeah. they're at the point now in their ages where they can answer right. the question. And so rather than you fixing it and telling them, no, this is wrong, this is why, you're asking them. Right. Why?
1: And sometimes they can't articulate. And so even the gift of that, they get to sit in it and I'll sit with them and pray. And whether they need sometimes just for you to sit there and say, hey, when you're ready to talk, I'm right here, ready to listen. And they may need space. Personality may be different processing, but at the same time, they know you're there. They know you're for them. And then even on the level like our own community, I get to look at them and say, "Hey, I get it." Sometimes, I, I, you know, even them saying, "Mom, I've already prayed, I've already asked," I don't know. And at the same time, saying, "I get it," but sometimes we need community in that piece. And so, when somebody's talking and I hear the word, I'm like, "That's it," that's what I'm feeling, or that's what I have felt when I couldn't even have words to articulate sometimes until the piece of community. Came in, it's like, that's it. And you're able because that person was transparent and vulnerable in talking about it. Iron sharpens iron. Yes. And so the same in our children. They get mm-hmm. to say, I like, I get it. Sometimes I don't know either. I'm like, really? I'm like, yes. So we get, we go to the Lord first. We go to our friends. We go to our wise counsel. Um, and so we get the opportunity to go take that piece together. But yeah, you put it in their hands because. They do want to come to you for help because you've t- you've taught them to, but at the same time, going to the Father first and yeah. Holy Spirit in you
0: That's good. will reveal it. That's good. Well, what resources would you give today to be able to encourage parents that are in the middle of it? Right, that they're in the years of child rearing. Um, maybe it's their own children or someone else's children that they're they're helping right now raise. What would you say? What would you give them? I have a lot. (laughs) I I listen to a lot while I'm working out or while
1: I'm doing laundry. Um, So there's I listen to several podcasts. Um, Family Discipleship Podcast is one that I love. Um, Risen Motherhood is an awesome one. And then I think there's so many different areas and facets of children and family and parenting and motherhood for books. Um, I can give you all of them, but One big one was Take Back Your Family uh, by Jefferson Bethke, um, on kingdom families, not being family and mission, but family as mission is what it is. And so doing, realizing you can't do it by yourself, that you're doing it together, um, praying the scriptures over your children. And I will have all of these authors too. I really just laid out all my books and took a picture (laughs) because there's so many and I've given so many away. I didn't have them. Um. Clearly stated, uh, Clear Cherry Reeves has uh, prayers for my child, and she makes simple little either cards, prayer cards, or little devotion books that are just pocket size. you can throw in your purse or um, travel, you know, have it in the car. It's easy to carry around, but she has prayers for just specific affirmation, like specific characters that I love that are short and sweet but so in-depth and so rich and um, just a quick reminder to be praying for them in specific ways. So loving your kids on purpose, um, raising giant killers. And then just all the little books like Max Lucado's You Are Special has been such a big one for us as we go back to just things that don't stick. Like we go to our maker for identity, not into the culture and what who they say we are with the gold stars and the gray dots. It's like, they don't get to say that.
0: That yeah. does not define you. What, is, what does our maker say? Yeah. And so just so many things over all the years. But. She's gonna hook us all up. And I wanna add one. It's it's a book called Pure Joy. And it is um, it is prayers, what it is is truly what it is. And it is a book that Jeff and I were given before we had children. And it was scriptures calling when I was pregnant, it was scriptures that I declared over the baby in my womb, calling her spirit. At the time, we didn't know it was a girl. Later on, we found out it was a girl, but we called her spirit to attention and just began to declare the word of God over her. I still have that book. I have pulled it out on occasion and have been in the hallway of my, my where my kids' rooms are with their doors closed and they're asleep in their beds and have just opened that book and just prayed in the hallway Raising my hands to Ellie's room, raising my hands to Berkeley's room, and just stick especially when we know we're under attack as a mm. family. But we are not defenseless. Right. We are not defenseless as families. And there is a kingdom of light, there's a kingdom of darkness, and we have authority. We are also the gatekeepers of our homes. Yep. And the Holy Spirit helps us to be able to filter things out that have tried to come against our family. Um, assignments that have tried to come against our family, and we just plead the blood. Yep. We There's oftentimes we will anoint our home with oil because we believe that Jesus has covered our family. He's covered our children. And declaring the word of God, just like praying the scriptures over your children, which is a book you mentioned earlier, it doesn't return void. It's not empty. And so someone needs to hear that today. You need to Get your armor on, get your armor on and declare the word of God in your home. Declare the word of God over your children while they're sleeping. Do it while they're having a temper tantrum in the middle of Walmart. <laughs> I mean, we, we've all been there, but we are not defenseless. We are, there's not, there is hope in the middle yeah. of this journey. And I just, I think speaking into that community piece is so pivotal because we cannot do this journey alone as a mom, as a, as a dad, as a family unit, as your children. They need community just like you do. Mm-hmm. Your family needs community. And so fighting for that, making space for that, that's why the local church is so imperative. I cannot speak highly enough into having relationships within the local church is so key. Because we help each other, Jeffrey just recently preached a whole sermon on that about we are better when we grow together. Mm -hmm. We need each other. We need each other to raise our families, to raise our kids. I mean, I am so thankful for you because you've been my daughter's camp counselor. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) you know, and I'm thankful that you get to step into that place. I trust you with my kid. You know, and I trust that that you're going to want what's best for her. You're going to call her up into higher levels of of her identity and I love that you're around my kids I, I just love that I love that your family is a part of our lives and I'm just forever grateful for you and I'm grateful for your time today for all of the amazing nuggets of wisdom for the vulnerability and honesty with which you've shared your life with us today same for you love you friend love you too so good right oh man Stephanie is such a treasure and just so full of wisdom parents, grandparents, foster parents, you are rocking it. So keep up the good work you're doing because what you do every day, the seen and unseen work is God honoring. So I pray that He meets you today with the grace, wisdom, and joy you need to continue to do the work that He's called you to do within your family. Again, links and resources mentioned, as well as extra resources not mentioned, are listed in the show notes. Finally, Be sure and join us next week for week three of the Work and Faith series. This conversation involved a field trip for me, including sturdy, sold shoes with jeans, safety glasses, and a safety briefing. You're going to love this conversation, so make sure you follow the show and come back next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Beyond Sundays podcast. We hope you have a blessed day. And remember, God is always moving, and He's moving in your life too, Beyond Sundays.